0: The National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show.
1: Hey everyone, this is Mindy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next up on The Big Show, episode 12, originally aired January 21st, 1951. And ooh la la, we have the Gypsy Rose Lee on this one. And honey, there weren't nobody else we're going to be talking about leading into this one. (laughs) I just, uh, I love burlesque. And I love her story in terms of the movie Gypsy. I have not read her biography, which the musical was based on. And then the movie with Natalie Wood was based on the musical. Uh, But Gypsy Rosalie wrote that and was made a career out of being a high-class stripper, as she said. And something so interesting. It, it, It starts off sad, right? Like, if you know anything about her life, you've seen the movie, musical, read the book, whatever. Gypsy Rose Lee was actually part of an act with her younger sister, had, by her account, a horrendous stage mother, Madame Rose. And Madame Rose just told her she wasn't talented enough to do it on her own. She needed her sister. And so when her sister was no longer part of the act, Gypsy Rose Lee had to find something else. And so she was deemed really not a singer, not an actor. You know, she wasn't a dancer. She got approached to do burlesque. And so she did and made a huge following for herself at the Minsky theaters. And part of what built her reputation was she kept getting arrested when they would do these raids. They weren't raiding to arrest her, but she was part of it. And I was kind of reading through like, how did she in this era where they're censoring things on NBC that I don't even understand as being offensive, how they're let, like, how did Gypsy Rose Lee break through to become somebody that would be on the big show or build an audience outside of the people going to the, the Minsky theaters? And part of it back in the day, the burlesque shows and probably still now burlesque is still very much alive and kicking. I have friends in Louisville who are involved in that uh, in terms of the promotion and stuff. Sorry, everybody. I don't know the actual performers, but I do. I'm like two degrees away from performers in Louisville and burlesque. <laughs> but back then and today, burlesque is typically half the audience is women. And so what Gypsy Rose Lee was able to do, not just coming out and doing the bump and grind and all the standard strip tease moves. She was witty and sophisticated humor and very slow to undress and it was very much a an act that was layered and really brought something new and very a lot of talent really in terms of her stage presence her personality how she interacted with the audience that it was something that women loved too it wasn't just some dirty little secret thing that the men liked like women embraced her style and sense of humor and that's how she built this career and then built us another career entirely she started off vaudeville she does the stripper thing or burlesque I, i prefer the term burlesque she actually was a writer Uh, 1941 she did the g-string murders because of course she did and those were hugely popular and of course like i said biography gypsy 1957 led to the musical led to the movie and was actually on top of that did other things was recognized for her work she supported spanish loyalists uh, and spanish children who suffered during the spanish civil war and was so involved that she became a target of the House Committee of Un-American Activities because they assumed she was a communist. And as late as 1969, right before she died, she was in Vietnam entertaining troops as, quote, sexy grandma. So um, just took the character to the very, very end. And I just I loved reading about her. I love her interaction with Tallulah Bankhead, who is no saint and probably absolutely loved her act, but there is lots and lots of jokes about exactly what type of performer Gypsy is and Gypsy rolls with it. It's all just perfect. I love this. I loved having her on here and kind of taking the opportunity to revisit her career and kind of who she was as a performer. So from January 21st, 1951, so, so sorry that this one's just radio, right? <laughs> this is Gypsy Rose Lee and a whole bunch of other talented people in the big show.
2: Isaac Arnie.
1: You're about to be entertained
3: by some of the biggest names in show business. For the next hour and 30 minutes, this program will present in person such bright stars as... Uh,
4: Fred Allen.
5: Eddie Cantor.
6: Portland Hoffa. Judy Holliday. Gypsy Rose Lee.
5: Vaughn Monroe.
6: Patrice Munsell.
3: Meredith Wilson. And my name, darlings, is Tallulah Bankhead.
0: The National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show.
2: So listen.
0: The Big Show, 90 Minutes with the Most Scintillating Personalities in the Entertainment World. Brought to you this Sunday and every Sunday at this same time as the Sunday feature of NBC's All Star Festival. And here is your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead.
3: Oh, darlings, I feel simply magnificent today. Guess what? A divine thing has happened. Some man has fallen madly in love with me.
2: <laughs> well,
3: on Monday, he sent me a stunning red rose. On Tuesday, he sent me two roses. And on Wednesday, he sent me three roses. And on Thursday, he sent me four... <laughs> Forget-me-nots. <laughs> You thought I was bottled up there, didn't you, <laughs> I think I've lost my place Now way. Oh, here I am. Well, I simply... Ad- Fred Allen's on the program, so I've got to, to add lib, you know. Well, I simply adore anonymous admirers. I mean, uh, I simply adore anonymous Right, yes, because I never have to get to meet them. Maybe that's why they're admirers. Oh, now, that doesn't sound right, does it? And I just can't accept gifts from someone I don't know. Well, I had some friends over the other night, and they advised me to return the flowers, so I returned Monday's rose and Tuesday's two roses and Wednesday's three roses. Well darlings, I could return Thursday's flowers. my friends drank them. We did not drink them. Oh Gypsy darling, Gypsy rose leaves)
6: <laughs> Gee, it's swell being on the show you, Tallulah Even if it's just uh, to see you again It's been so long since we've seen each other, hasn't it? Well, yes, it has, Gypsy Let me look at you Oh, darling Since the last time
3: I saw you You certainly have put on clothes
6: <laughs> <laughs> Please, Tallulah I wish you wouldn't talk about that Oh, well, everybody knows you're famous For taking off
3: clothes
6: Yes, and everybody knows you're famous For taking off birthdays <laughs>
3: Well, here we go again, boys Why is it that every woman who visits on the big show Feels she must fight with me? They all come on wearing gloves
6: Oh, I'm sorry, Tallulah I can take my gloves off And that's all, darling This is radio <laughs> I know, Tallulah I happen to be mistress of ceremonies on my own radio show Just as you are here I think we should be friends We have a lot in common Oh, you're quite
3: right, Tipsy Here we are Two women MCs. Now I know what MC stands for Man's Conquerors. (laughs) Oh, uh, by the way, darling, uh, what kind of a show do you do? It's a quiz show. Oh, yes, of course. Take it off or leave it.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not uh, quite, darling. It's called What Makes You Tick. And you might do worse than to listen to it, Tallulah. It's uh, rather an adult show. I have to buy a new dress a new gown, a new dress every week to go with the classy atmosphere. A gypsy, my sweet, my pet, with all due
3: respect to your show, which is, after all, only half an hour, my show is three half hours,
6: and I need three gowns every week. Yes, but you have to wear all three at the same time, darling? <laughs> uh, isn't she sweet?
3: <laughs> gypsy is the only woman in the world who can say she has nothing to wear and wear it. <laughs>
6: Tallulah, I just bought this nothing I'm wearing and it cost $500. $500? Oh, my, our prices have gone up. Well, I just bought this gown and it was reduced to $750. <laughs> Very nice, Tallulah. It's lovely. I hope you won't think I'm prying, but uh, what size do you take? Size 12. Oh, the size was reduced, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now, Gypsy, darling, here we are, two
3: intelligent women standing around quibbling about clothes. Do you know that men always say women have nothing to talk about but clothes? And they're so silly, aren't they, Gypsy? Oh, of course. Well, we have so many things we can talk about. Certainly. Well, there's no reason for grown-up women to confine themselves to bickering about clothes. Of
6: course not. We could talk about, uh, uh... Mm. Oh, oh, um. Well, what were you saying about my dress, darling? <laughs> Not to Lula, stop. We were both in the theater together. We could discuss that.
3: Oh, Gypsy, I wouldn't ever for one moment underestimate your huge contribution to the theater. But after all, darling, I am a famous dramatic actress. I know how to project.
6: Me too, honey. LAUGHTER I know how to underplay. Me too, honey.
3: I know how to bear my soul. I pass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gypsy, the legitimate theater is a stern taskmaster.
6: It can be pretty rough, darling. Well, my branch of the theater was uh, quite rugged, too.
3: Yes, I hear it's one long grind. <laughs> But the fascinating thing about me, Gypsy, is that in all my years
6: in the theater, not once did I ever forget my lines. In all my years in the theater, not once did the audience ever forget mine. <laughs> I played before practically every man and woman in the world. Well, I must admit, honey, I only had half your audience.
2: <laughs>
6: well, I can make an audience cheer just by, uh, well, by twitching an eyebrow, I pass.
3: (laughs) Now, Gypsy, you can't keep on passing, darling. You've got to call a raise.
6: I'll call, honey. How long have you been in the theater? I pass.
3: (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Meredith Wilson and the big show orchestra and chorus play their arrangement of If You Feel Like Singing, Sing. Gypsy, darling, why don't you sit down? I know it's such a temptation to walk back and forth across the stage while the music is playing.
2: <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Your friends to go places where they start places that you feel like singing sing. If you like operi, carmen or maperi Go
7: spend an hour under the shower Or oh, is your song from the mountains Simple and pure as a dream So cold and unwashed and me That sometimes you'd like to scream If you can't sing good, sing song. La-de-da,
2: la-de-da When your luck is in need of repair
3: Wilson. Hello, Miss Bankhead. Hello, Meredith. Have you met Gypsy Rose Lee? Gee whiz. A gypsy, this is our brilliant musical conductor, Meredith Wilson. Hello, Meredith.
5: Gee whiz.
3: A gypsy's a famous entertainer. Gee string. See, I'll tell you a very funny story about that. Uh, Meredith, please. I didn't know you knew about Gypsy's talents. Oh, sure. I read, you know. Darling, how cunning.
5: (laughs) Oh, sure. I've read all of Miss Lee's books. I consider her one of the finest writers in the world, living or dead. (laughs) Oh, I can see this kid knows all about me. Ever since your first book, Miss Lee, The G-String Murders, I've been an avid reader of your works. How avid, avid can you get? (laughs) But the story of how I came to buy your first book is a doozy. (laughs) 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 Glad you asked me. Well, here we go, darling. Well, sir, Miss Bankhead, I was in Omaha, Nebraska at the time. I want to say Omaha, or was it Pierre, North Dakota? Well, it could have been Pierre. Or was it Omaha? I thought it was Pierre. No, it wasn't, Pierre. It was Omaha.
2: Lucky Pierre. <laughs>
5: yes. Well, I was playing a date there with a band, and we had a break for a couple hours. It was just about the time your book came out, Miss Lee, and I went by a place which had your picture out in front of it. So I figured it was the library, and I went in to read your book. <laughs> Well, sir, they sure have funny libraries in Omaha. (laughs) Uh, I laugh every time I think of it. Yes, I do too, don't you, Gypsy? I
8: pass.
5: (laughs) Well, the strangest thing is, I guess the women don't read much in Omaha. The place was filled with men and the librarians. Well, it's
3: the first time I'd ever seen singing librarians. Boy, that was the liveliest library you ever saw. And is, darling. Get on with the story about Gypsy Rose Lee. Strip it down to its barest essentials. Well, sir, I would have liked
5: to have browsed around a little, but they didn't have a copy of the book, so I left and got it someplace else.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I laugh, but what's the point? Gypsy, you optimist.
5: Well, sir, Miss Lee... I told the boys in the band about it, and ever since that time, whenever we stop in Omaha, the same thing happens. For a bunch of fellas that don't read, the boys in my band sure spend a lot of time in the library in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, brother.
3: We are happy now to welcome to the big show a brilliant young comedian from Hollywood. The glamorous and talented Columbia picture star, Miss Judy Holliday. <laughs> Judy Holiday's most recent, most hilarious triumph is in Columbia Pictures' brand new smash hit, the screening of Garson Canaan's Broadway success, Born Yesterday. We present Miss Holiday now in a scene from that picture, starring Judy Holiday in Born Yesterday. <laughs> Born Yesterday is the story of a junk tycoon called Harry Brock, who has more junkyards, more money, more connections than grammar or scruples. It is a story of his beautiful gal, Billy Dawn, who has more mink coats, more angles, more curves than book learning. It is the story of Paul Vero, a young Washington newspaper man, was hired by Brock to wise Billy up to the ways of Washington Society. The scene is Brock's Washington hotel suite where Brock Billy and Brock's lawyer are playing host to a certain unscrupulous congressman and his wife. The social amenities are about to get a real going over. Yes, congressman, you ought
0: to remember this little lady, a great first nighter like you. She, uh, used to be Billy
9: Dawn. I do. do. And, um, this is Mrs. Hedges, Billy.
8: Glad to meet
10: you. Glad to meet you.
0: I, I guess we can leave the girls together, Congressman, while we see about the drinks.
8: Well, and how do you like Washington, Mrs. Brock? Uh,
10: Mrs.... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I haven't seen Washington yet.
8: Oh, you mean to say this is the very first time you've been here? That's what I mean. I never went on the road. Well, I'm sure you'll find it a very interesting city Too bad the Supreme Court isn't in session You'd love that
10: Yeah, what is it? Well, hello,
8: everybody Well,
11: brah And I suppose this is Congressman Hedges' wife, eh, Mrs. Hedges?
8: That's right
11: I certainly am happy to make your acquaintance
8: Thank you so much Did you have a good trip down? Oh,
11: sure, I come in my car Uh, I came. Uh, Had to step off in Baltimore on the way. I got a yard there. A junkyard. The second yard I picked up. Before that, I only had one.
8: How many do you have now?
11: I couldn't answer that one, baby. Oh, excuse me. That's
8: all right. I don't know why I like the little Baltimore
11: outfit. I just always get kind of a feeling from it. You know what I mean?
8: Sentimental.
11: That's it. I'm sentimental. Like you say.
8: I think we're all a bit sentimental. Yeah. (laughs) Well... It's a free country.
10: (laughs) Do you play bridge, Mrs. Brock? No, only gin. I beg your pardon. Gin rummy. Uh,
0: Excuse me, the the congressman wants to know how you're fixed for time tomorrow morning, Harry. Uh, Ten o'clock, all
7: right?
11: Uh, That's pretty early for me. (laughs) I'll say. Uh, 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 Eleven. Okay. Well, I'm sorry you folks had to run...
8: You want to wash your hands or anything, honey? Uh, No. uh, No, thank you very much. Well, uh, good night. Thanks for everything.
0: Good night. Good night.
10: Good night, all.
11: Oh, brother. Did you ever put your foot in it?
10: What did I do?
11: Nothing, nothing. But, oh, brother, something's going to have to be done about you.
10: They're drips. Huh? I said they're drips.
11: (laughs) Who are you to say?
10: From myself, that's who.
11: Well, shut up. Nobody asked you.
10: Pardon me for living.
11: (laughs) All right, get lost.
10: Not yet. Get
11: lost, I told you. Hey, Devery, get that newspaper guy, Farrell, on the phone. Tell him I want to see him here right away. I got an idea. (laughs) You sure you ain't already, Farrell? How about a strudel or something? No thanks. Have a drink. No thanks. Well, okay, pal. Want to ask you something? Sure. How much you make a week? To quote you, how should I know? What well, am I, an accountant? <laughs> I love this guy. What's your name again? Verrall. No, no, no. I mean your uh, your regular name. Paul. Ah, now listen, Paul. Here's a layout. I got a friend. Nice kid. I think you've probably seen her in here before. Billy?
12: Oh, yes. Yeah, well,
11: she's a good kid. Only to tell you the truth a little on the stupid side. It's not her fault, you understand. I got her out of the chorus. For the chorus, she was smart enough. But I'm scared she's got to be unhappy in this town, you see. She's never been around with such kind of people. Know what I mean? No. Well, I figure a guy like you could help her out. And uh, me, too. How? Oh. Show her the ropes, sort of. Explain her what goes on and all like that here in Washington, huh? In your spare time. What do you say? No, I don't think I can handle it, Mr. Brock. Means a lot to me. Give it 200 bucks a week.
12: Well, all right, I'll do it. When do I start?
11: <laughs> right now. Why not right now? Fine. Come on with me, kid. Let me introduce you. You take it from there. Hey? Good. Billy! <laughs> Come on down here a minute. She's a real good kid. You like her?
10: I was getting dressed.
11: It's all right. It's all right. He's a friend of the family. Come on in, I'm telling you. Okay, honey, this is Paul Farrell.
10: Yes, I know.
11: He wants to talk to you.
10: What about?
11: You'll find out. Sit down. Well, I got a little work to do, so I'll have to be leaving you two. Now, uh, get together. I'll be seeing
12: you. Your, uh, your friend, Mr. Brock, has an idea he'd like us to spend a little time together. Uh, you and me, that is.
10: You don't say. Yes. What, are you some kind of gigolo? Oh, well,
12: uh, no, not exactly.
10: What's the idea?
12: Well, nothing special. He just wants me to put you wise to a few things, show you the ropes, answer any questions.
10: I got no questions.
12: Well, I'll give you some. Thanks. Might be, might be fun for you in a way. There's a lot to see down here in Washington. I'll be glad to show you around.
10: You know the Supreme Court? Yes. I'd like to take that in.
12: Well, sure. We're on, then?
10: How do you mean?
12: Uh, the arrangement.
10: I don't mind. Got nothing much to do. Good What's he paying you? 200 You sucky, you could have got more He's got plenty
12: (laughs) As a matter of fact, I'd have done it for free (laughs) I would Why? Well, this isn't work, I like it
10: He thinks I'm too stupid, huh? Why, (laughs) no He's right, I'm stupid and I like it You do? Sure, I'm happy. I get everything I want. Two mink coats, everything. (laughs) If there's something I want, I ask. If you don't come across... I don't come across.
12: Uh, Yes.
10: So, as long as I know how to get what I want, that's all I want to know.
12: As long as you... As long as you know what you want.
10: Sure. What?
12: As long as you know what you want.
10: Are you trying to mix me up? I <laughs> know. Well, well, I'll tell you what I would like. Yes? i like to learn how to talk good. All right. Is it hard to learn?
12: I don't think so.
10: What do I have to do?
12: Well, I might give you a few books to start with, and then if you don't mind, I'll correct you now and then. Go ahead. <laughs> when I know, that is, I don't talk so good myself. You do. Fine.
10: I never say ain't. Did you notice that, never? I do. Well, I'll correct you then.
12: You do? Then.
10: Since I was very small, I never say it. We had this teacher. She used to slug if you did it.
12: Uh, did what? Said ain't. Oh.
10: So it out of the habit.
12: You think it was worth the slugging?
10: Oh, not hard.
12: It's the principle of the thing. There's too much slugging. I, I don't believe in it.
10: All right, I don't believe in it either. Good. I learned pretty fast, though, (laughs) then.
12: You're great, Miss Dawn. Billy. Billy. Sort of an odd name, isn't it?
10: (laughs) Well, you're talking half the kids I know named it. Anyway, it isn't my real name.
12: Oh, what is?
10: Holy smoke. Emma. (laughs) What's the matter? (laughs) Well, do I look to you like an Emma?
12: (laughs) No. You don't look like a Billy, either.
10: So what do I look like? To me? Yeah, to you.
12: You'll look like a delightful girl.
10: Oh. <laughs> Let me ask you, <clears throat> are you one of these talkers, or would you be interested in a little action? <laughs>
12: Uh, Do you, uh, do you get many?
10: Now and then.
12: What do you do about
10: them? (laughs) Stick around, you find
2: out. (laughs) All right,
12: I will.
10: And if you want a tip, I'll tell you. Sweet talk me. I like it. Like that delightful girl line. Well,
12: I better get along. Don't
10: worry about him. He don't see a thing. He's too dizzy from being a big man.
12: This is going to be a little different than I thought.
10: Oh,. You mind? No. It's only fair. We'll educate each other.
12: I'll look around my place for some books. If there's anything interesting, I'll drop it by later.
10: All right. You can drop it by even if it's not so interesting. Hey, Paul.
12: Here, Mr. Brock.
10: Oh, good night. And don't forget them books. Oh, there you are. Well,
11: you two gonna get together?
12: I think we're all set.
11: Great, great. Appreciate it.
12: So do I. Well, I guess I'll be going.
10: So long, kid.
12: Well... So long, Billy.
10: So long, Kit. <laughs> In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking, but no, Lord knows, yeah, anything goes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: A superb, a superb characterization, Judy, darling, divine. No wonder you were selected by the AP Correspondents' Poll as the best actress of the year. Come over here and let's chat. What about? (laughs) Why, darling, whenever an actress comes on the show, we always have a talk.
10: Why?
3: Well, people expect it. This is the big show.
10: No wonder you're here for an hour and a half. You know, if you didn't talk so much, you could be home in a half hour like everybody else. (laughs) You understand,
3: darling? We want to talk about you. By imagining Gar Kanan had you in mind when he wrote the part of Billy Darlingborn yesterday. You're so perfect in the part. That voice.
10: Oh, that's all an act. That's my stage voice. This is my real voice.
3: <laughs> yes, of course, yes. It's yes. just like
10: you. On the stage, you're one person, in the movies, you're another person.
3: Don't you dare mention her name on this program. <laughs>
10: You don't like Billy Dawn?
3: The wrong name, darling, with the right initials.
10: <laughs> you don't feel good.
3: Oh, I feel fine, Judy. I suppose I become a little overawed at times. This show's a very big responsibility. Rehearsals, writing, direction, production, acting. I pour everything into this program. I devote all my time to the show.
10: You're single, huh? <laughs>
3: I'm unattached, if that's what you mean.
10: You should be attached. <laughs> How come you're not married? Nobody asked you, huh?
3: <laughs> my dear girl, I am probably the most sought after woman in the world. I can have my pick of the most eligible men Englishmen, Frenchmen, Italians, Counts, Dukes, Earls. They fought for me, wined me, dined me, toasted me in every city in the world.
10: Nobody asked you, huh. I've had men chasing me for years. You should have let some of them catch up with you. Now.
3: Obviously, my dear, someone caught up with you.
10: I let them. Hey, listen, maybe what you need is glamour. You know what glamour
3: is?. <laughs>
10: You don't know, huh?
3: Darling, they call me the glamorous and unpredictable Lula Bankhead. Oh,
10: what's unpredictable? And I
3: thought I had trouble with Meredith Wilson. <laughs> unpredictable, that's because people never know what I'm liable to do or say. I do and say whatever I feel like at all
10: times. So why do they say unpredictable when they mean crazy? <laughs>
3: This is one holiday that I should never have observed. <laughs> On second thought, it should be under observation. <laughs> Julie, darling, I have traded uh, Bournemouth with some of the greatest names in show business, but never have I been insulted so painlessly, so effortlessly, so deeply.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> to think a new young actress coming along to belittle me in front of millions <laughs> of people. The mommy!
10: If you get married, you wouldn't be so nervous. Oh, Judy. That indeed my darling. I was just acting. Oh, that's wonderful acting. You go from laughing to crying to laughing to crying. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Hey, you radio actresses are so good. What? Hey, maybe I could get you an audition on television. Don't you dare
3: mention that medium on this program.
6: Oh, Tallulah, I was just thinking. I, oh, excuse me. I didn't realize you were talking to someone. Oh, Gypsy, this is Judy Holliday. How do you do?
10: I'm pleased to meet you. Hey, I remember you. You're the one who did the dance with the fans. (laughs) Don't you dare mention that name on this program.
3: have been listening to Meredith Wilson and the big show Auction Chorus. We'll be back in a moment as soon as I ring my chimes. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company.
0: Big Show. This is the national broadcasting company, Sunday extravaganza, with the most scintillating personalities in show business. The Big Show, the Sunday night feature of NBC's All-Star Festival, is brought to you by the makers of Anacin, for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis and neuralgia, and by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. The big stars in this program are Fred Allen, Eddie Cantor, Portland Hoffa, Judy Holiday, Gypsy Rose Lee, Vaughn Monroe, Patrice Munsell, Meredith Wilson and his big show orchestra and chorus, and every week, your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs>
3: Well, darlings, here we are with the big show, and this is our twelfth week, and I'm just beginning to learn what a curious affair this radio business is. Now, you see, darlings, in the theatre there's a well, there's a personal touch. Well, they can get at you. In radio, I found that I don't always know what the people think of me or of the show. So, well, last week I spoke to a friend of mine, and he volunteered to take a poll of listeners for me. Well, I
4: figured I might as well. I'm not doing anything anyway. Fred (laughs) Allen. Well, hello Tallulah, I'm sorry I'm late I had a pocket full of nickels And I tried to get over here by subway But they've raised it to a dime, you know A dime to go down in that commuter's gopher hole <laughs> And I tried to call you I tried to
2: call
4: <laughs> I tried to, I'm just laughing at some punctuation in
2: here. And uh,
4: I tried to call you from a payphone And they've raised that to a dime, too On the jukeboxes, I hear you calling me is now a dime, I find. You know, I think that the government decided it's time to put the buffalo out to pasture in back of the men.
3: You mean nickels are going out of style, Fred?
4: Well, the nickel seems to be uh, semi-obsolete, Tallulah. I went into a bakery the other day, and I found that they have changed the name of that bread to pump a it seems they take a pump of nickel and slice it in two thin pieces, and that uh, sort of makes... I think, you know, I think that
3: nickels... Oh, yes, I see exactly what you mean, darling, but I'd love to talk about this at length. But some time ago, I converted all my nickels to Confederate money. (laughs) Well, now, what about this pole you were taking for me, darling? Uh, How did you know whom to ask? Well, Tallulah, I had sort of a master plan
4: for a radio pole. I called it the snooper. I would, I would look snooping down a street. I would look down the street and only go into the houses with no aerials on the roofs, you see. And that was quite crafty, Fred. Well, it worked out well for a while until I discovered that half of the houses with aerials didn't have television sets. These people had the aerials on their roofs so the neighbors would think they had television sets. <laughs>
3: But what were some of the reactions, Fred?
4: Well, there was a young lady in Flushing, Long Island who had a very interesting point of
2: view. I knocked at the door.
4: Yes? Excuse me, madam. I am conducting a survey to discover listeners' reaction to Tallulah Bankhead. (laughs)
10: Look how funny he talks.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this... uh, That wasn't my real voice. Uh, That was my stage voice. This is my real voice <laughs> You know, I would just like to ask you one question, miss, if I may Oh,
10: no, I'm not answering no questions No? Three years ago I answered a question I got myself a slob who's been sleeping in the Murphy bed ever since <laughs> <laughs> Now,
4: look, please, Mrs. Murphy He promised
10: me, miss... me the world on a silver platter yeah. He promised me castles with cut glass chandeliers Oh, they're ra- With yeah. marble stairs yeah. and gold faucets So where do I wind up?
2: Flushing Wha- <laughs> Now look,
4: miss I hate to get that train of thought Off of your one-track mind But what do you think of Tallulah Bankhead?
10: Uh, well, I'll tell you I have a very definite opinion
3: of <laughs> Well, that's very interesting, Fred But, uh, what does she say about me? Well, this is radio,
4: Tallulah I don't dare mention those names On this program <laughs>
3: Well, Fred, who else did you talk to?
4: Well, I met a rather interesting specimen of womanhood in Kew Gardens. She was a uh, Miss Lee, and she lived in a rather bare little house. (laughs) I stepped gingerly over the gypsy tea roses in her garden and
2: rang her chime. Oh, hello.
6: I'm sorry you had to wait so long. I was just inside, taking off my uh, apron.
4: Oh, (laughs) excuse me. Uh, My name is Fred Allen, and I'm conducting a little poll.
6: Fred Allen? Yes. Are you the Fred Allen who used to be on the radio opposite Stop the Music?
4: (laughs) Well, that is rather a clever way of putting it, Miss, and the answer is yes.
6: There's something I want to ask you, Mr. Allen. I do a radio show called What Makes You Tick.
2: Uh It's
6: a quiz show, too. And I'd like to increase my rating. Would you mind doing your radio show opposite mine?
2: (laughs) I pass.
4: Or I believe. (laughs) But I'm here to ask you about. (laughs) I'm here to ask you about Tallulah Bank here.
6: Oh, that's a better idea. Maybe she'd like to do her show opposite mine. You see, I thought that if we could just arrange it, would be a... Um... Oh, I would
3: just love to take that
6: girl apart
3: and see what makes her tick. <laughs> well, Fred, it looks like I didn't do too well in your survey, huh?
4: Well, Tallulah, I have been off radio for several years, and I didn't make out too well either. But there was one charming little housefrau in Jackson Heights who certainly deserves mention here. She came to the door in answer to my ring. <coughs> May I introduce myself? My name is Fred Allen.
8: Oh, Mr. Allen! Oh.
4: Say, <clears throat> th- that's, that's pretty tricky, miss. You open the door and the neighbors applaud. It's really so. <laughs> <suffering. laughs> All the houses on radio programs have built-in applause, I've noticed. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, uh, I'm conducting a little survey. Now, frankly, what do you think of Tallulah Bankhead?
8: Well, I don't care what anybody says. I like her. (laughs) It's quite a coincidence that you should ask me. Yes. Because I happen to be the president of the Jackson Heights Tallulah Bankhead Forever Fan Club.
4: The Tallulah Bankhead Fan Club?
8: Forever.
4: Well, that's Tallulah. (laughs) Tell me, what what are the requirements of the members of the Tallulah Bankhead Forever fan club?
8: Well, we all fly Confederate flags in our cellars.
4: Confederate flags in the cellars, yeah.
8: And our password is a rebel yell.
4: Well, a shrill tribute to your idol, hey? Good girls. I know I quote her if she knew about this.
8: <laughs> At the last meeting of the Jackson Heights Tallulah Bankhead Forever fan club in Manhasset, we decided Now, wait a minute. It...
4: Excuse me, miss. But curiosity and a tight script. Prompt... <laughs> I never will know what that means. Prompt me to ask, the Jackson Heights fan club meets in Manhasset? You... Uh,
8: only when we're not meeting in Forest Hills.
4: <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Will you excuse my asking, but you have piqued my curiosity. Curiosity killed the cat, but my curiosity has a peak. My curiosity is a little different. Tell me, why doesn't the Jackson Heights fan club meet in Jackson Heights?
8: Because all the girls come from Brooklyn, huh. except one, and she comes all the way from
2: Flushing.
3: Well, I... Well, Fred, darling, I don't mean to question your integrity. No. But this whole thing is utterly ridiculous. Really? I don't believe a word of it, and I refuse to be guided by it. I don't think any of those people are representative of my radio audience.
4: Well, I can sample a few more. No, no,
3: absolutely not. I won't have it. Abandon the entire project immediately. Stop the survey.
4: Up, uh, please, please, Tallulah, watch your language. You mean my survey service to you is at an end? Yes. You want me to turn in my laugh meter and my iron foot with the chromium shin that I put between doors so people can't <laughs> close them when I call? <laughs> you want me to turn in my gear and return to my rocking chair in the unemployment office?
3: That's right, Fred.
4: Well, this is nothing new to me, Tallulah. This is the second time a radio survey has put me out of business.
0: (laughs) No matter what you now take for headache relief, we urge you to try Anacin for the incredibly fast relief these tablets bring the next time you're suffering from a headache. Now, the reason Anison is so wonderfully fast acting and effective is this Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven, active ingredients in easy to take tablet form. Thousands of people have received envelopes containing Anison tablets from their own dentist or physician, and in this way discovered the incredibly fast relief Anison brings from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. So, the next time a headache strikes, take Anacin for this wonderfully fast relief. Anacin, A-N-A-C-I-N. Anacin at any drug counter in handy boxes of 12 and 30, economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. <laughs>
3: Well, I don't know what I would do without Fred Allen and the members of the Jackson Heights Forever Tallulah Bankhead Fan Club. Or is it the Jackson Heights Tallulah Forever Bankhead Fan Club? Well, whatever it is, it leads, darlings, to a very happy moment for me. With us today is a great young talent of the Metropolitan Opera Company who received rave, rave notices recently for her acting and singing performance in De Fledermas. Anyone who cares, to can join me in a little organization I'm forming called the Metropolitan Patrice Mansell Forever Fan Club. And here is Miss Mansell to sing the laughing song from De Fledimus. Look me over
7: once, look me over twice, you will not leave me. Me over twice and laugh at your own remark. You'll quickly discover, I think, my blood is as blue as your ink. You'll find I'm well appointed. Is this?
3: Bravo, Patrice Mansell, come over here, darling. I won't talk to you. I
13: understand they're doing some exciting new things over at the Metropolitan Opera. Well, that's right, Tallulah. To get people more interested in opera, they're trying to make opera more like the Broadway musical theater.
3: You mean they're selling orange juice there now, too?
13: <laughs> well, they haven't gone that far. No, but
3: I've heard, darling, that they're starting to use uh, Broadway actors at the Met. Well, of course, that might open a whole new life for me.
13: Darling, I'm talking about the Metropolitan Opera, not the Metropolitan Life.
3: Just a minute, Caprice. (laughs) You know, of course, that I sing. Oh, yes, I have your record of I'll Be Seeing You. Oh, yes? (laughs) I'll be seeing you. I'd be interested in your opinion. What do you think?
13: Well... I'll be
3: seeing you. Oh, now, Patrice, now, don't you stop that, too. If they want Broadway people who can act, I can certainly do that. And as far as my singing is concerned, well, maybe you can help me, darling. Now, just listen to this. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places that this heart of mine embraces all day through. Now, tell me, darling, what am I doing that's wrong? Singing. (laughs) Isn't she sweet? (laughs) Look, tensile tonsils. (laughs) I wish you could have heard me when I sang at the Paramount Theater. You sang at the Paramount Theater? I most certainly did. And don't think it's easy keeping up with that bouncing ball on the
2: screen. (laughs)
13: Well, I'll tell you what, Tallulah. I'd like to get an idea of your range. Would you mind running the scale for me? Oh, I'd love to, darling.
3: Adore me fast
13: That scale is quite low.
3: I wish all scales were that low.
13: Can't you try it now an octave higher?
3: And not in this girdle, darling.
13: <laughs> I know what you mean, Tallulah. A really high note, if it vibrates just right, can actually split something. No, oh, I don't believe that. Besides, I can't say now. What is your top note, Patrice? I'm sorry, Tallulah. I broke your
2: glasses. <laughs>
13: I don't care
3: about my glasses, darling, but you broke my diamond ring.
2: <laughs>
3: but singing or no singing, now, Patrice, if they really want to modernize the opera, they're going to have to get the finest performance on Broadway. Performance. Now, take, for instance, La Traviata, which is based on Dumas' great play, Camille, The Lady of the Comedians. Now, you will agree, darling, that the scene in which Camille dies takes the artistry of a really superb dramatic actress.
13: Yes, and that death scene takes the singing of a really great voice to give the scene its fullest dramatic effect.
3: Maybe. But I've always felt that when a person is dying, he doesn't feel like singing. <laughs> well, basically, this is a spot for a great dramatic actress who can do justice to the immortal lines like these. I have come back Listen to me, Armand Armand I have lived by love And I will die by love (coughs) Listen to me, well Had not my death been certain Your father would not have written To return When I'm dead, Armand all you shall retain of me will be pure. If I live, that would always be stains upon my love. Believe me, but God does. He does well. Open the drawer, Armand, and take out that locket. It, it, it contains my portrait pain in the days when I was, was pretty. Pretty. I had it made for you. Keep it. Keep it. It will help your memory hereafter. You hear my arm Do You hear? I'm dying. But I'm happy too. My happiness conceals my a death oh see it's strange strange I, I I do not suffer now oh, ma, I shall live I shall, ah, ah, well I feel I I
10: this contest. Oh, Patrice, do
13: you know Judy Holliday? Of course. Hello, Miss Dawn.
2: <laughs>
10: the name is Holiday. Judy Holliday. Judy Holiday. How would you like it if everybody walked up to you and said, hello, Miss Flatermouth? <laughs>
13: Judy, I know just what you mean I certainly don't want to be typed as a singer Who can only sing into Fledermaus Any more than you want to be typed as a girl Who can
10: only play Billy Dawn Well, that's exactly what I meant So from now on, please try to think of me as Billy Holiday I mean Judy, Dawn
3: (laughs) Judy, darling What were you going to say before you interrupted yourself? I...
10: (laughs) I heard you two talking about modernizing the opera Patrice sang and you did that uh, coughing routine (laughs) (laughs) That won't bring people to the opera, you know You need comedy Well, darling, how can you get laughed in a dramatic scene like that? It's very easy, I'll show you As the scene opens, we pan over to our hospital bed Listen, Armand, I have lived by love and now I am dying of it, thanks to you. (laughs) You hear that cough, Armand? Armand, are you listening? to you. Armand! Oh, That's better. Now, go over there and open, open that middle drawer. Well, what's taking you so long? Big strong man can't even open a drawer. First, Armand, oh, Open the top drawer. Now open the bottom drawer. Now the middle one'll open. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> now take out a locket. Pocket. <laughs> Keep it. Keep it in my memory. No, no, no. I know I won't be getting no better. <laughs> I'm already beginning to sound like Tallulah Bankhead (laughs) How much worse can a person get? I'd be better off (laughs) today
0: Here's a word from RCA Victor. Inch for inch, your best buy in television is RCA Victor 19-inch. Yes, a great many American families have taken this advice and bought the thrilling RCA Victor 19-inch console. Truly the most exciting buy in television. When you set out to become an RCA Victor million-proof television set owner, remember that the set you choose will be the very hub of your home for years to come. So select the model you really want most, and chances are that model will be the kingly RCA Victor 19-inch console. Inch for inch, your best buy in television. Your 19-inch set will give you, in a great big way, all the matchless, million-proof qualities of sight and sound possible only to the world leader in electronics. Yes, inch for inch, your best buy in television is indeed RCA Victor 19-inch. And with it go wishes to you and your family for all the warmth and good cheer of minion-proof television by R.C.A. Victor.
3: Here, ladies and gentlemen, is a young man you've all been waiting to hear. At least I have. It's Vaughn Monroe... And I'm just dying to hear what they say I sound like. <laughs> Vaughn Monroe singing, The Night is Young and You're So Beautiful. The Night is Young,
9: night is young and You're So Beautiful. Here among the shadows, beautiful lady, open your heart. The scene is set, the breeze is sing of it. Can't you get into the swing of it, lady? When do we start? And the lady is kissable And the evening is cool Any dream is permissible In the heart of a fool The moon is high And you're so glamorous And if I see more Lady, what can I do? Sing of it. Can't you get into the swing of it, lady? When do we start when the lady is kissable? That I do.
3: Darling, I've been a fan of yours for years. My favorite dance band has always been Vaughn Monroe and his Royal Canadians. Well, look,
9: uh, you're, you're thinking of another guy. Lombardo, for instance.
3: Oh, excuse me, darling, I'm so awfully sorry. I should have known, of course, Vaughn Monroe and his Pennsylvanians.
9: This is getting a little wearing. I, I doubt if you've ever heard my band.
3: Of course, darling, I was just joking. Everybody knows Swing and Sway with Vaughn Monroe.
9: That's uh, Sammy Kaye.
3: Connecticut Yankee.
9: Mm, that was Rudy Valley.
3: A&P Gypsies?
9: That was Harry Horlick.
3: Oh, uh, uh, would you mind, darling, repeating the question? There, were, there
9: was no question. You, you started the whole thing. I, I didn't ask you anything.
3: I know Vaughn Monroe and his Californians.
9: That was Abe Lyman.
3: Oh, all right, Vaughn, I give up, darling. What is it?
9: Vaughn Monroe and his glamorous, unpredictable orchestra.
3: Ah, isn't he sweet? Well, if you're not going to tell me, I'll just keep on guessing. Vaughn Monroe and his uh, his uh, rippling rhythm.
9: <laughs> that's Sheb Fields.
3: Well, I'm a heart.
9: Well, that's a matter of opinion.
3: <laughs> <That'd be> sweet. <laughs> I know I can think, of it now, but now well I'd better make it snappy because Eddie Cantor's due here at any moment.
0: Oh, Tallulah.
3: Now don't bother me, Ed Hurley. Aye, he-ho. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> well, while
0: you're thinking and trying to pronounce Hurley. <laughs> And while we're waiting for Eddie Cantor, Tolula, I'd like to take just a moment to say that this portion of the program was brought to you by the makers of Anacin, for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, and by R.C.A. Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television.
3: Oh, I remember it now, Vaughn. Sweetest music, this side of heaven.
5: That's Guy Lombardo again.
3: <laughs> no, darling, that's Tallulah Bankhead ringing her chimes. And saying we'll be back in a moment, and this is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
0: This is The Big Show. And here is your mistress of ceremonies, Tallulah Bank. Oh,
3: I wish Vaughn Monroe would give me one more chance. Oh, I think I know. Of course, Vaughn Monroe and his all-girl orchestra. No.
14: No, I'm the one with the all-girl orchestra.
3: Patty <laughs> <Catch her. laughs> Hello, hello, Tallulah. Oh, hello, Eddie, darling. You look so wonderful, so
14: young and peppy. How do you do it? How do I do it? Listen, Tallulah, I was looking through who's who the other day, and I noticed that both you and I were born on the same day, January 31st. Oh, is your birthday January 31st, too? That's right. We're both January 31st. (laughs) Well, who's going to ask who first?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare mention that year on this program. (laughs)
14: Personally, I'm not sensitive About my age I remember the day I was born in 1917
2: <laughs> My
14: daughter looked at my wife And said, you know, Mommy He looks just like me Ah, <laughs> oh, but it's nice To be standing here With Tallulah Bankhead One of the first ladies Of the theater I've been reading about her In Who's Who And you know something? She was the first lady In the theater gosh you not young, you know the kid <clears throat> Gosh, I wish I'd been around in those days That was about the time another old-timer got his start Fred Allen <laughs> And it must have been fun to be in show business When Tallulah and Fred first sprang into the limelight Those were real days in the theater Imagine Sarah Bernhardt, John Barrymore, Lionel Lionel and Ethel What have we got today? Dagmar, Howdy Doody, and Uncle Miltie Fred and Tallulah were talking this morning about the days of rectors and delmonicos when a good dinner cost you 90 cents. Yesterday, Ida told me that liver is now a dollar 35 cents a pound. In the days of Fred and Tallulah, there wasn't anybody strong enough to lift a dollar 35 cents worth of liver.
2: <laughs> Thank you, tax And.
14: And the songs of that period Gus Edwards wrote one of them And Fred taught it to me this morning It goes like this By the light Of the silvery moon I want a spoon To my honey I'll croon Love's tune Honeymoon The lyrics meant something in those days by the light of the silvery moon. What have you got today? Slam, bam, alakazam, zing, zing, zoom, zoom, whoop-de-doo. I heard a cowboy this morning on the radio, sang a song called, Get off that hot stove, grandpa, you're too old to ride the rain. (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the songs have changed. Used to be a girl sang no, no, a thousand times no. Today, the same girl says diamonds are a girl's best friend.
2: <laughs>
14: and in the old days, marriages meant something. When you said, I do, it was till death do you part. The trouble with marriages today is while they're saying, I do, they're looking around the church to see if they can do better.
2: <laughs>
14: the old time stuck to one wife. Look at Fred in Portland, been married 23 years. Burns and Allen. Burns and Allen, been married 20 years or more. On June the 9th, Ida and I will celebrate our 37th year of wedded bliss. A very happy marriage, except for one thing, one little thing. And it's not too late, you know. Ida's listening. I wanted to know, Ida, dear. When? (laughs) When are you going to learn to make a nice cup of coffee?
2: (laughs) Yes, friends.
14: Things have changed since Tallulah and Fred got their start. Life was less complicated. In their day, if you had a problem, you talked it over with your family on the porch. Now you discuss it with a psychiatrist on a couch for 20 bucks a throw. <laughs> and what clothes are, oh, the clothes, the clothes they wore back in those early days when Tullula and Fred first started out. The crinoline days, the hoop skirt and the bustle. They tell me that at one time, women used to wear seven, eight, 10 petticoats. Fella got married to a girl, went on his honeymoon. When his wife started peeling the petticoats, He didn't know whether he married a woman or an artichoke. (laughs) I wish I had lived in that time when men wore handlebar mustaches and the women looked like women, you know, hourglass figures with sand in both ends. (laughs) What have they got today? Plunging necklines, no sand at all, just beach. (laughs) The old days, a man didn't dare to hope for more than a glimpse of a lady's high-button shoes as she walked by, but now, now he runs his eye over her like a Swede looking at a table full of smorgasbord. (laughs) And going to the beach, that was an occasion in those far off days. A girl had to put on bathing shoes, black stockings, bloomers, shirtwaist, jersey, a hat, and carry a parasol. This morning in the Sunday paper, I saw a nad for the very latest French bathing suit from the Riviera, a bottle of suntan oil and a zipper. days when Emerson when Emerson meant Ralph Waldo and not Faye. but Tallulah Tallulah and Fred didn't have all the fun there was another fellow in those days the chap that Zickville put into his follies you may remember him came out in blackface with white grim glasses and pranced up and down the stage singing how you gonna keep them down on the farm after they've seen Paris how are you gonna keep them away from Broadway? jazzing around, painting the town. How are you gonna keep them away from harm? That's a mystery. Imagine Reuben when he meets his pa. He'll kiss his cheek and holler, ooh-la-la. La. How are you gonna keep them down on the farm? After they've seen Paris.
3: A deep bow
14: to a master showman. Oh, it was a pleasure being here, Tallulah. By the way, you know Ida, Ida's been watching the show offstage back there. And you can do me a big favor, Tallulah. Who told you that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, would you do me a big favor? Ah. You see, a few months ago, Ida appeared on my television show. Uh I gave her one line to read, and she got it so mixed up, they're still trying to untangle the cable from here to Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I brought her out, would you, would you... Kindly give her a few pointers on how to speak correctly. I know to you it's me a child's play. I
3: should be giving Ida pointers in child's play. No, no, no,
2: no,
14: no. It'll be a big favor, Cholula. I wanted to come back on the show with me, but since she made that mistake, she's afraid, you see. If you could give her a word of advice or encouragement, she looks up to you so.
3: Oh, that's very sweet, darling. Okay, Eddie, I'll try to. Look, huh? Ida... Ida, come here, will you, Ida? Eddie, that's Vaughn Monroe you're waving at. No, 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 no. Oh, excuse me, Ida. Here she is. Here she
14: is. <laughs> Ida, this this is Tallulah Bankhead.
3: Hello. Hmm. Hello, darling. Uh, Ida, Eddie tells me that uh, when you were on the show with him a little while back, that your enunciation was not as uh, flawless as it might have been. And you developed a sort of neurotic inhibition about uh, going back because of some faulty addiction in your rendition of a line. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) You last up a joke on his program. (laughs) Well, just for one bad reading, you're not going back? What sort of a trooper are you, Ida? I tell you that if your husband wants you to go on that program with him, your place is by his side, you must never let one little, little line mix you up and keep you away from him. There,
14: you see, Ida, and Tallulah knows. She gave you some good advice. Now, say thank you very much and tell her you appreciate it. Thank you very much.
8: I appreciate
14: it. Ida, you did it, you see. You're talking fine. <laughs> <laughs> really, you are. Tallulah cured you. Thanks.
3: Well, I'm very glad to have been of service, Eddie, and nice to have met you, Ida, darling. Good night, my sweet. Good night.
6: It's
8: a pleasure to thank you, Miss Meathead. Hey, fine. Miss Baghead. Yes, Portland. What is it, darling? We, the members of your Jackson Heights Tallulah Baghead Forever Fan Club, Heard Patrice Monzel say you couldn't sing in the opera. So we have written an opera for you to prove you can. Would you like to do it now? Well, darling, we haven't much time. How long will it take? Oh, it's opera Lane, And we thought since you have so many stars on the show, they could all join in putting it on. Mr. Monroe, Miss Monzel, Mr. Catter, Miss Holliday, Miss Lee, and Mr. Allen. Well, what's your story about, Portland? Well, as the opera starts we see 200 cowboys chasing each other all over the range
12: This old buckaroo's got a daughter and a wife, he's lived in poverty all his life. Come tie I you you-pe-you-pe-ay, you
9: tie I you pe you Now that you know the buckaroo's kin, our prologue is over, let the tale
3: begin. Come a tie-eye, yippee-yippee-ay, yippee-ay, come a tie-eye, yippee-yippee-ay. Ma! Yeah, little Judy? I'm hungry, Ma. You'll have vittles, little Judy, as soon as your paw gets back.
10: Where is pa, Ma?
3: Well, he drove the cattle up to the city to sell them. Why didn't we eat the cattle,
10: Ma? Well,
3: they was too little, too small to eat, little Judy. Your pa's selling them around pet shops for Pekingeses. Law, <laughs> we never had bad times like that back east in Alabama. Why did you move out here on the prairie, Ma? Well, I'll tell you, little Judy... When I was a girl of sweet 16, I was the village belle. And the Chamber of Commerce, they crowned me queen, made me Miss New Rochelle. Millionaires took me out every night to a show or a cafe. But I met your pappy at a rodeo, and that is why today I'm an old (laughs) coggart. And my name is Pearl. I pack a gun and a robot twirl. Once my beauty told the men and I'm just an old hag living on the plane and I'm starting to look like Maude Gonne. me okay i You back? You brought some vittles? Oh, I skipped a page. What's happening there? Well, that's my <laughs> Come on here, baby. Well, that's my story, little Judy. Ma, I'm getting hungrier. Well, try and hold on, little Judy. I think I hear your paw coming. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Why, paw, you back? You brought some vittles? Uh, I heard you <laughs> I made the same mistake at rehearsals,
2: Heard too. I should have done better.
4: <laughs> your way up the road, Ma. Was that
3: like
4: no, I didn't bring no victuals, Ma. I was in the pet shop dickering, and the cat stampeded my herd. <laughs> they all got away on me, Ma.
3: Why, your family's starving. You come home empty handed. Paul, you and me is through.
4: Ma, you ain't saying we're through more. Remember the first time we met?
3: <laughs>
10: now hush, little Judy, hush, child, hush. Yeah. If you two hadn't met, I wouldn't be hungry today. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Your ma and pa has raised you, little Judy.
10: All I ever had to play with has been horses and cows. So? Till I was ten years old, I was walking on all fours. Well, you're up on your hind legs now,
3: ain't you?
4: Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe she's just sick of wearing harness for underwear, ma. <laughs> now, look a here, little Judy. Maybe your pa ain't done a lot of things... But I made a home for you, didn't I?
10: A home? You call this a home, here where rattlesnakes roam, and rain through the roof always falls.
4: No cellar, no doors, no windows, no floors, and buzzards scratch holes in the walls. (laughs) You, you call this a home, home on the range Four or beds we, we are sleeping on hay No gas and no light and You can't
10: tell day from night
4: And the bathroom is four miles
3: Paul, to rent you again.
4: Well, we ain't never paid no rent since we moved into this sty, and I ain't aiming to start no new habits. Hey, somebody's knocking high on the door.
3: Must be somebody on horseback, Paul.
4: Well, this mountain, come in.
6: Howdy, folks. You remember me? Why, it's two gone gypsies. i lamp. <laughs> Our landlady. What a memory! You ain't seen me since I rented you this cabin. That's seven years ago. You owe me seven years' rent, one thousand dollars. Um, two gun gypsy and I want my money.
4: Well, what's money? What is it?
6: <laughs> I'm giving you a sundown to find out.
4: Well, I tell you, we'll get some money somehow, and we'll count it out for you. <laughs>
6: Better be counting money when I come Oh, you better be counting money when I come Or I'll pull my trusty trigger You'll have mortis, you'll have rigor So you'd better be counting money when I come Well,
4: Gypsy, two-gun, we'll pay you the thousand on one condition
6: No, sir, no conditions I want my G and no strings. <laughs> Paul, we got to get word to our son Vaughn at college. Well,
4: how can we get word to little old Vaughn? None of us can write more.
3: Well, now, if Vaughn is playing basketball in college, he's making plenty of money, Paul. Yeah. Oh, look, Paul, that big auto just
4: stopped at the door. Say, some little dude is getting out of that auto.
2: He's, his, uh...
14: He's coming in here. Well, welcome, stranger. Folks, I'm president of the RCA Victor Company. Yeah.
4: What's RCA? Anything like DDT?
14: All <laughs> well, my company makes phonograph records, and I'm looking for folk songs. People today are crazy about old songs. Today, every family that owns a Victrola is saying... Get out those... All the ones about old. records, those old All ones about old. records, the ones hidden on used the clay so long ago, All the old wind-up oh they cola, may sound funny, scratchy, the tunes and the really were catchy. Key. Special that said I love you so younger We used to play them over and over just to set the wedding day to get the portable I bring my portables Adam, melt your heart away with all those old wonderful records Those old phonograph records
2: so, so long ago
14: Now, that's what people want, the old songs If you yeah. folks know any old western songs, you can make a fortune Well, you sure can use a fortune, tree. Yeah, for now, only
4: our boy Vaughn was Say, more. somebody's riding up the trail Look, it's a man and a she
3: Well, I'll open the door, folks. Mother? Peter? Vaughn, my son.
4: Well, howdy, Vaughn. Who's the she? This is my wife, Patrice. Well, son...
2: Uh, Hello, folks.
4: Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Sorry, (laughs) ma'am.
2: Son, you just
4: come just in time. At sundown, your ma and me is getting evicted.
14: Is this little man here with the Popeye's putting you out... No, 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 no! I'm just here looking for songs. If your folks have any folk songs, I'll be glad to buy them folk songs from your folks.
3: Well, if we only had a song, we could pay the rent, son.
13: Well, Vaughn has a song. He picked it up at college. Let's sing it for him, Vaughn.
3: Okay.
9: I was waltzing with my darling. To the Tennessee Waltz When an old friend I happened to see Introduced him to my loved one And while they were waltzing My friend stole my sweetheart from me
7: my darling to the Tennessee sea when an old friend I happen to see introduced her to my loved one
14: Goods, and
3: here's your first royalty payment, $1,000 Ah, Vaughn, I know you save your and Paul
4: cheaper. so this is money, eh? Well, you can bend it And I never knowed they had pictures on it, neither
6: Come in
4: See, it's two-gun gypsy
6: It's sundown, folks, I'll take my rent We got your rent, two-gun gypsy
4: Yeah, but we ain't gonna give it to you
3: Why not? Well, now we got money, we can afford to live in a better neighborhood.
4: Ma, little Judy and me and Vaughn and Patrice is moving. All Ma and me has got to say to you, two-gun gypsy is, So long, it's been good to know ya.
3: So long, it's been good to know ya. So So long, long it's been been good to know ya. Your Your is no longer our
7: home, home, sweet home. We gotta
2: be drifting along. So long it's been good to know you. So long it's been good to know you.
3: Well, darling, we've had a lot of fun tonight and we hope you'll be with us next week when our stars will be Ray Bolger, Gary Cooper, Danny Kaye, the Delta Rhythm Boys, Maxie Rosenblum, Rudy Vallee, Julia Wilson and others. And of course, of course, Meredith Wilson and his big show orchestra and chorus. And until then, may the good Lord bless and keep you for the near or far away. Judy...
10: May you find that long-awaited golden day
13: today, Bon.
9: May your troubles all be small ones, and your fortune ten times ten. Gypsy.
6: May the good Lord bless and
8: keep you till we meet again. Portland. May you shining and a blue bird in every tree eddie
14: may there be a silver lining back of every cloud you see meredith
9: fill your dreams with sweet tomorrows never mind what might have been fred
4: may the good lord bless and keep you Till we meet again, Patrice.
7: May you long recall each rainbow, then you'll soon forget the rain. May the world...
3: May the good Lord bless and keep you, until we meet again.
1: May the good Lord
2: bless and keep you
0: show next Sunday when we'll have with us Ray Bolger, Gary Cooper, Danny Kaye, the Delta Rhythm Boys, Maxie Rosenblum, Rudy Vallee, Julie Wilson, and others, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra and chorus, and of course your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Juan Monroe appeared through the courtesy of Camel Cigarettes. The big show is directed and produced by D. Engelbach and written by Goodman, Ace, Selma Diamond, George Foster, Mort Green, and Frank Wilson. This is Ed Hurley. he saying good night. <laughs> Phil Harris and Alice Faye, later here Theatre Girl on NBC.